0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Art, Artist, and the Business. My name is Jessica Orchick, and I'm here with the incredible Andy McPhee. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Andy McPhee is an Australian actor with an extensive career, both local and international. He's known for iconic Australian films and series such as Wolf Creek, Animal Kingdom, Pizza, Wilfred, Dr. Blake Mysteries, and Gallipoli. Uh, he's also starred internationally in major releases for Disney such as Saving Mr Banks and Seesaw Slow West and Criminal Minds and he's best known internationally for his portrayal of Irish biker Keith McGee in Sons of Anarchy. Welcome Andy.
1: Yay, <laughs> mate. Mate. I sound, uh, I sound great.
0: <laughs> you do, you do. You sound <laughs> not at the, fantastic. Not at the moment, I'm not. Oh no. Nothing going on now. No, no, Jeez. no, it's a bit of, bit of a quiet time, bit of a quiet time. Um, wow. So first of all, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, I, uh, it, you know, this has been a sort of long time coming, I guess, this podcast, because as you know, I've been embarking on this new course that I've been doing with our school uh, after, which is Empowering the Artist. And through this, I sort of realized there was... Uh, such as I guess a new world that artists are heading into you know where the Mm. idea of being empowered is a really important part of their process and understanding Mm. art in a different way understanding who they are as artists and of course looking at um, the world through a business or an entrepreneurial sense is is I think a really, really important skill. So I sort of wanted to take it a little bit of a step further and, yeah. you know, get a discussion going with these great people that I know that have been mentors at our school and and, and also I just believe have an incredible amount of wisdom to offer um, audiences all over the world. And as, as you know, I sent you a question and I'm going to start with that because I think this just gives yeah. people a little bit of an insight into who you are. Yeah. Um, so as you know, it's the question is, if you could have uh, a dinner to discuss art artists and the business, um, who would be the three guests that you would invite and why? And then who would be the two additional guests you would want to fly your freak flag with or, <laughs> or talk, 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 mm. talk, talk some DNMs till 3 a.m. in the morning and get a bit crazy with? I'm, I'm really curious, Andy. Yeah. why?
1: Um, okay, I've already answered that question ages ago that same question about pick three people in your life uh, pick three people you'd love to have a conversation with right now this, the difference with yours is um uh is because you said artists but I'm not actually going to answer that for the artist. I'm just going to tell you the three people I would love to have a conversation with because whatever inspiration that is that's going to help me and whatever I'm doing my career, right? Because I like whatever perspective someone can give me, it's going to help me. Mm -hmm. So the three people I've chosen every time it's never changed is, you know, someone I'm, doesn't really matter the the gender, but a a five or six year old, then someone in their probably maybe mid twenties. And then someone who's a hundred years old. And I would like to sit down and have a conversation started with the six year old talking to the person who's a hundred and getting their perspective on life like where this young one's got to go in his life and where the person who's a hundreds come from and what he's dealt with and what he's got through and then bringing in the person in that middle age range who's probably going through relationship stuff and this and that and I we had a really big discussion about this and'd be just so interesting probably you know from the the person who's in the the century. Uh, age group is just to hear all the things they went through but they got through them you know like especially now like what we're going through is COVID to have that view of what the fear of you know the the group in the middle is and then the young person who's probably got a a reasonably good idea of what's going on Um, and then the older person the 100 year old saying yeah well look I've been through all this and they passed and this is obviously very serious Um, but things pass and it'd just be such an interesting conversation because you'd have expectation and maybe a little bit of fear, um, from the young one, you know, because they're getting that things aren't the same. And then in the middle, that'd be very interesting. You know, Mm. what their perspective is, where they think it's going to go, how life is going to change. And then also for the, the person in the in the upper age group, the hundred wondering what in store for them when this all passes with COVID, like just the way the world's going. So I just think that would be a really interesting conversation to have um, for the, especially for the current times now to just get people's perspective, you know, um, I don't want to sit around and talk to actors anyway.
0: <laughs> well, not just actors but I mean I ended no, up I, I might <laughs> might you know what, funny Andy my mum said the same thing when I was talking to her yesterday but I I'm an I I'm an anyone artist like artists is in yeah. you know, painters or like people that had come from time. Yeah, I, mean, I had
1: a conversation with one yesterday
0: Oh really yeah
1: um, Yeah we're just you know she lives in the apartment here and I had a che- she's probably maybe 20 25 And we're just talking um, because we have a little group here. We all get together by the pool um, once a week. And, you know, all of us obviously do our six feet apart stuff. And we just chat up and have a coffee once a week. There's actors of different age groups and that. So um, I was kidding about not talking with actors (laughs) because they're all actors. Um, But we talked about her art and she was showing me all this art. And she said, I'm trying to figure out my brand. And... As We were probably there for three or four hours just talking about all different things. And as she's sharing all her artwork, it started to come to me. I said, wow, your artwork's all about pain. And she went, oh, my God, it is too. And I never realised it because it was just me looking at and hearing her story. and, And her art's incredible. And she said, it is too. She said, it's my way of expressing either someone else's pain or my pain. And they're not dark but there's a little tinge of darkness in some of them then others are just like she, she's got this massive um it's sort of a three tier painting like a small block at the top a large one then a big one it's all the letters she got from her ex-boyfriend and she's painted them and written them in meticulously all these letters on this thing and ah it's just incredible so yeah i i love sitting around talking to musicians like i walked past a homeless guy the other day on um uh, Lancashire, and for some reason, like it was daytime, so I had my glasses on and I had a, I don't usually wear, you know, sort of suit jackets and all, but I look like a blues musician. Oh, and wow. as I walked past him, like he made me realize that I said, Hey man, here you going?" cause I always give him some money or talk to him. This is a whole different conversation. He just went straight and, Hey man, when you're playing next down the road at the, you know, the uh, universal bar and grill. He said, let let me come. He said, I used to play the drums and this and that. And I'm like, he thinks I'm a blues musician, right? <laughs> like It's because of the beard and all that, but it was just cool. Like, you know, again, see, there's a guy you could sit down and have a, a, a chat with, you know, mm, just wow. where, he, how, how he ended up there. You know, he gave me a little bit of his story, but yeah, I get it. Um, that's my answer. Six, or six year old, someone in their mid 20s, and then a hundred year old. And look, they could be anyone from anywhere in life. Um, I think mix it up. I'd probably have a whole group of people in that age group from artists, musicians, homeless people um, wow. around LA because some of them have got some incredible stories, you know, and uh, especially now with just general population of what's going on in the I, world.
0: I, I totally agree. I actually think you bring up such a great point about pain and storytelling or finding, or, you know, finding ways to sort of, I guess, you know, uh, talk about our experience and let it come out through right. our storytelling. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, like, I mean, as, as an actor, have you found that it's been something you've been like your experiences in life have been something you can draw upon to, to help you tell better oh, stories yeah. or to create For characters? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: the, 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 I know we're going to talk about a little bit later, but where I am now, um, and what i'm doing is all through the um the pain that i've caused other people the pain i've caused myself but also not not ever laying down in that like getting up and and really having to accept that i was i was creating some mess through my life from a young kid you know i my daughter one of my daughters said you got to tell your story i said yeah i will but i'm not ready yet you know because um, it's too complicated uh, a story because when you start telling people oh, when i was three they go yeah, you know, some have gone, oh yeah, I had a bit, but there was something was rewired incorrectly with me. I'm pretty sure, you know, because I used to blame my my dad for the arguments he had with my mum. But I talked to a, uh, I've not had uh, psychology meetings, but I have friends who are psychologists and psychiatrists. And I said, mm-hmm. is it possible there's something there that you might come out, you know, you're, a little bit of a different re, rewiring somewhere, you know, because I was angry the whole time. Like it wouldn't take much as a three a three year old kicking holes in the back door. Like please, yeah. you know, not just because my dad's yelling at my mum, and he wasn't yelling; you know, they're having an argument. So, I sometimes think, you know, I don't know if the doctor dropped me um, on my head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's hope okay. not. <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, I hope not. Um, no, but So yeah, but, that journey yeah. is where
1: I'm in now. Like the, I, 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 and I'm pretty sure, sorry to jump in. No, please,
0: off, please.
1: Yeah, I, I, I live in pain every single day. Because if I sit wow. down and think about what I cause, I, I just, I would just be a melting mess of tears, you know. And that's not saying it was a horrible journey, but it's worse than a lot of people's and not as bad as someone else's. Yeah. So we're all on different spectrums, but my pain's my pain and yours is yours and someone else is someone else's. So, but what I've learned over time is I've have this strength to be able to move through that. And, and by, I'll say this very clearly in case some of the people are listening that I'm talking about, that I don't for one minute move forward and forget the pain I've caused people through relationships or, you know the the anger that I've expressed. So, um, you know, I completely acknowledge that, and I'm accountable for that. Mm. But you can't live in it. You have to keep moving forward. You know, otherwise no. you end up with anxiety and depression, and um, it gets quite serious.
0: And and you know what, Andy? That's the, I mean, that's certainly been my uh, journey and experience. I mean, I know that you know I, I held on to a lot of stuff. I think, and and this is funny enough. I was talking about this in in my first uh, podcast that I did just. I never realized, and it's probably why I'm now doing a podcast where I'm here allowing people to actually hear my thoughts. I never realized how... Uh, silenced, I guess I felt. I mean, obviously, I came from a bit of a well-known, uh, as you know, I come from a well-known family mm. in Australia. So, you know, when you're growing up in that kind of world, you know, you're taught to kind of watch what you say all the time, or watch what you do because you know people mm. have always got their eyes on you. Um, and beyond that, you're in a house with big personalities and big people, and it, you just kind of get used to the idea that you know mm. your what you have to say may not be valid. And now that is not necessarily a fault of anyone specifically it's just somewhere along the line there's there's a uh, i heard someone say this an incredible woman by the name of trish spears who's uh, uh, a hypnotherapist and she mentioned this like programming that we have at some point there's this like programming that sticks in our brain that we believe something about ourselves and that just continues on for the rest of our lives until we finally sort of get to a point we go hey wait a minute, that kind of programming is not what I want to hold on to. And one of the big reasons that I sort of got involved in this podcast is because, especially through this course, I've realised how many artists, actors, you know, dancers, it doesn't really matter what you do, that there's, there's this feeling that they feel like they can't really be who they are or say what they want to say or, you know, be for, for so many different reasons of fear. So I, I, one thing I really respect about you is, and your honesty is your honesty to who you are, um, and and the pain that you've gone through, and also where you've come out the other side of it, and 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 I, that's I'm in exactly the same spot, you know. And I've had definitely struggled with depression, and I've definitely struggled with anxiety. Um, but I I continually work on my mental health because mm. I know that it's something that I can work on, and um and I know that you know if I can actually put my energy into something more positive like this, for example, then you know I'm certainly going to be able to find more purpose in life and and keep building forward.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that programming you're talking about is um, comes through like from many different, like psychology, psychiatry, um, uh, Tony Robbins and NLP and landmark, all those Mm. people do the same thing. Sort Mm -hmm. of. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm no expert in any of them, but it all boils down to that one thing. What I talked about before jokingly, obviously I wasn't dropped on my head. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's that programming of of watching my mum and dad argue, you know, my dad argued my mum, and look, it, it to me was a volcano, but it actually wasn't because it was only about six years ago when my sister said, you know what, you're right. You know, there was arguments, you know, but it wasn't as big as you thought. So it was my perception, not my other brothers and sisters. For some reason, I just built that up, but I was also a little bit off, um, to the other side, because it was always in my imagination and playing. And, um, and, and I did have a grudge against something and I had no idea what it was. Like I, I've been so much trouble from that age through school years, like the vandalism and the things I did, I can't even believe what I did now. I have my friend's parents sacked at Blackburn high school, William Hedger. If he's still, hopefully is still alive. We're about the same age. Um, I got his parents sacked from the school because of the, the stuff I did after school hours, trashing classrooms, throwing paint around. I was just like, I was angry at everything. Had mm. no idea why. Blame my dad. It's nothing to do with my dad. It was just me, something I was hanging on to. And uh, it took a long time. Took up, it was only probably six years ago that I started to get rid of it. Like road rage, like terrible. You know, like the minute someone would have a go, I'd be out, you know, and that was doing, I was doing that from 17. Cops would pull me over. The minute they come to the window, I go, Well, what's your fucking problem? You know? Mm. And he's like, What? He goes, Dude, he goes, Mate, he said, Just relax. You know, he said, I'm just, you got a taillight. Oh, yeah. I said, You haven't got nothing better. Everyone in authority, wouldn't matter who it was, school teachers, mum, dad, anybody, I just had this beef against. But it was actually nobody's, nothing to do with anybody, not my ex partner or girlfriends, anyone's, nothing to do with any of them. But the sad part is you leave people, You you do leave people with, Uh, a scar you leave people with a bit of pain and I know they move on and they've learned but you still leave that with somebody and then you leave it with yourself and if you don't acknowledge and accept even even if you can communicate with that person and just say look I get I know it's I'm going to change anything but you've you've got to clean that mess up and complete it regardless whether they're going to talk to you again or not luckily um, in my world uh, I've only probably only a Few that don't, but everyone else I've reconciled with, and they understand. But that's you know, I I can't keep living in that. You you can't keep living in that anger because no. the anger's only at yourself. It's not anybody else, you know. And I'm not saying taking away that some people haven't had some horrible things happen to them as children. Uh, absolutely, they have. You know, we all have a different story. I can't say my story is going to relate to someone who's been uh, you know abused as a young child because like. <laughs> I have no idea what that would be like and it would be horrendous and the scars would be just terrible. So that we all have different levels of that programming and you just, you've got to seek help for it. If you don't, it's just going to destroy you, you know?
0: And, and you know what, that's, and that's really the truth of it, I think. And that's where it is because so many people have a lot of fear around what that actually means to seek help, you know, like to, to actually deal with that problem because you're confronting a part of yourself essentially Mm. that, is scary or, or that you're not ready to face. I mean, I, I different, different. I wasn't quite so angry, but I, um, you know, I rebelled, you know, I was, I was a lot of, lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, you know, a lot, a lot of parties, a lot of, you know, and frivolity. And, you know, I think it's because I didn't really know who I was. And even, even if I wanted to sort of see, I wasn't really Mm. able to accept it because of many, many different reasons in my life, mm. you know? So, um, and then obviously you have these experiences that you go through in life as you, as you're talking about that, you know, just keep either burying the pain further or mm. um, creating another scar. And, you know, it, it really is so important. I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there with, you know, being able to, to delve into yourself and confront it in a good way, because you know that you can't live mm. in that pain, you actually have to release it. It's, you know, it's so important for yeah. um, not just artists and their creativity, but as people, I think as humans, human beings mm. to release that yeah. pain is so, and so important. Well, It's
1: totally proved now scientifically that um, art, painting, drawing, writing, poetry, all that music, uh, learning language is so healthy for your mind Um, and, and I, I'm not the best at any of that, but I really encourage people I work with to do that. And, um, I know we'll chat about later, but I was having a conversation with a lady from the prisons yesterday in Yeah, no,
0: tell me about that. Tell me uh, about that. That's a really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, nothing's sorted out yet, but she's going to have conversations about possible programs with some prisoners, you know, uh, when they leave, if they're interested in doing some creative work, you know um and and that will be great and that stemmed from uh this youtube channel that we have going at the moment or well, it's not we that's incorrect um i made that all about me then um it's the young student that uh yeah that's another thing too yeah i've had some people go oh it's always about you mate it's always it. i said no it's not it's never about me shut your mouth Oh, hang on. That was about me. Sorry. So, it's about you today, Andy.
0: It's about you yeah, today. Know, so You right? have the floor, you have the space. It's all about you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, I coach a lot of different people around the world, right? And yes. I'm not making that sound huge. It's not, it's not hundreds of people. It's people here and there and China we're about to set one up there and Britain. I'm working with a guy, but it's all very, um, it's a small group, but it's a small group who who want to be mentored and pushed. Mm. You know, they don't want to be patted on the back, hearing what they want to hear. They want to be told the truth.
0: Absolutely.
1: So um, it's that's where my coaching's changed. I still work with actors, but it turns into life coaching. And then what's developed out of that is I've had people say, "Well, you've changed my life. I'm actually doing something I was never going to do." I said thanks, but no, you changed your life because you just did what I told you. I didn't know it was going to change your life. I just said, you do this, do that, try that. And they do, and the ones that do end up discovering something about themselves, like this little gem inside of you, You know all those analogies you use. So I've been coaching this young kid, he's 22 now, um, for five years, Doug Kenny, and his uh, YouTube channel is Movie Maker Doug 55. So it's splashed all over my social media, I said, we need to tell your story, Doug, because Doug went through his first day at school at four and a half or kindergarten. He was told to stay home the next day because he didn't fit in. I can't even imagine what that would be like at four and a half, so excited to go to school, and then all of a sudden you're told to stay home. You don't know why. Cause you you, you got there and realized well, something's not right here. I don't feel right. I don't feel like I'm fitting in. And this was a pattern right through his teenage years school like he ended up doing a lot of homeschooling then he tried to go back to school but the one thing that came out of it and this is so important someone saw a gem in him because one teacher said I've heard from your parents you like writing and he's only about 13 she said why don't you write about your story of dealing with autism like he was ended up in hospital quite a few times on medication and depression and suicidal thoughts and he said great so he wrote this book Oh, many years ago, it's called Green Flags to Blue Flags. When I started coaching, him, he'd already written about five or six books. I said, okay, you're not interested in acting. Let's work on your book. So him and myself are working on this other book now, science fiction one. And we've been doing that for a while. And then he put out his second version of Green Flags to Blue Flags. And the day I said to him two weeks ago, let's tell your story I'll invite guests along. I have so many guests now, they're just falling out of the woodwork. I have people like all famous martial artists, Sam Greco, Jerry Trimble, um, uh, uh, Kit Dale, all world champions in their time, all motivators, people influencing other people. I've got dudes out of the Israel army, a tank commander who's in his thirties, who was blown up and ended up in a wheelchair and refused to accept that's his life just because he's in a wheelchair um, people with vision impairment, people with hearing impairment. It's just, it's just exploded. And they will all come on each week and share how they were relentless and unstoppable, even though they're still mm-hmm. dealing with their like they're still moving through their journey. The,
0: uh, the ability, and, the ability. It's, it's yeah, exactly right. what we're the talking about. But, yeah. Abilities. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. That. absolutely. Totally and it's, that. it's
1: incredible, mate. Like Doug, when we started two weeks, ago, he said, "Oh, Andy." My second book, it's now rated on Amazon uh, 5,301 in bestsellers international. And in Britain, it's now 15th. I said, oh, Doug, that's amazing. Calls me yesterday, goes, Andy. He goes, my book's now 250 internationally worldwide on Amazon bestseller. And I went, oh my gosh, Doug, what a perfect time to start your um, YouTube or this series on his channel. Like it's, he's exploding like, the, the power in this young kid is just incredible. He'll never fit in the workforce. He can't, he said, it's just, it's just something that's not going to happen, but he's created his life through someone saying you need to write. It's taken eight or nine years, but he kept at it. And now he's a bestseller. It's incredible.
0: That is such an amazing so, but I think that just that shows that you know it it, it doesn 't matter what what your experience is or or what yeah. what, what your obstacle is in life you know let 's yeah. go back to the basics of character, mm. whatever whatever your obstacle is you, you can overcome and be the person that you want to be or the person that yeah. you 're meant to be, I think is such a better way to phrase it yeah. you know the person that you're 100%. meant to be you know and stepping into that, and I think that that 's exactly what he 's been able to do, which is which yeah. is just, just incredible. Um, and, and I love hearing about your mentoring stories because you, you do, you, I, I think that you really look for, um, you know, the beauty in, in so many different avenues in life. And I, I mean, could, you know, tell me a little bit a bit more about, um, I guess, you, what, what made you wanna become an actor? Like what actually put you into that path of wanting to become an actor?
1: Um, I answered this question a while ago in a, a magazine. And I, I never wanted to be an actor, right? I didn't start till I was 35. I'll go to how I started. I was a professional wrestler for 10 years and then they wanted a couple of wrestlers for a commercial in Adelaide. So I did that, and that's when I started my career. Johnny Clark, an amazing indigenous actor. Um, he was on set. He introduced me to um, um, Angela Heesum at Spotlight casting in Adelaide 30 years ago. And that's how that journey started. So, Going back from there, um, the pro wrestling, I was doing judo for probably 15 years. I was a first and in that. I had many different jobs, right? So uh, pool lifeguard, pool operations manager, scrap metal dealer, lawn mowing, uh, secondhand dealer, security bouncer. Then going back to the railways, I was in there when I left school at 16 as an eng- engineman. So I was in the railways for 15 years. See, I was already going to be something because I never could stand still. I just could not stand still. And when I look back at my childhood, I was always playing games way too long into my teenage years. I still had this imagination and had my matchbox cars and I just loved being a kid. You know, I actually, to be honest, I just don't really think I wanted to grow up and I still don't. I love it.
0: I said yesterday when I talked about my three people, because one of my people was, um, john hughes and the reason as i said is because i love his coming of age because i said i I don't think i've ever really come of age i'm only coming of age now so i love that you say that i
1: have yeah i don't think i have (laughs) because you know my my dad used to tell me you need to grow up and you know like some even one of my um my i hate saying the word ex because they're not ex. one of my, my girlfriends um she said to me, or girlfriend, not, not plural, it's ridiculous.
0: Oh. Girlfriend
1: said, she goes, you just don't want to grow up, do you? She said, you're mm-hmm. just a bloody kid. You're annoying. And then you lose your temper and you have little tantrums and you go crazy and people keep leaving you. And then you just run off and find someone else. And I go, yeah, you're probably, you're right just as that little kid, you know, and it, it's good in one way, but sometimes it's not good in others, you know, because yeah. <laughs> like, you, you don't want to take responsibility for things sometimes. So that was a big learning lesson for me, taking responsibility for finances and, and, and it's, it's, I'm way, way better now than, mm. but I s- still probably have that kid thing in me. But one of the things I think my dad really installed in me is that he used to take me and I'm pretty sure it was to calm me down. Cause it was one stage he was going to put me into a boy's home. Cause he just said, your mum can't deal with you anymore. He, it was mm-hmm. in Baldwin and there was a boy's home near the ball primary school. And that see, even that didn't scare me. Like it, mm-hmm. I just, it was, I just couldn't, I just, that's not going to happen. Or I do something like you'd be vandalized something at the school. And go, yeah. I'm not going to get into trouble for that. I just had no accountability or responsibility for things. Right. Yeah. And, He kept taking me to pantomimes. He'd take me to see my fair lady in the theater with Mum. And I get what he was doing there. He was trying to install in something me to find some peace in myself. Right. And I look back and think, yeah, it was always going to happen. I was going to be an actor. Just didn't know. I had no idea, but didn't even think about it. But when I did become an actor and started looking back, I went, yeah, it's always been there. I just had to find my way through that journey, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and look, right now, I said, I think even on your class yesterday, I said, I have no idea what's happening now. You know, like yeah. I'm older, um, I'm still getting offers for things and I'm working on a Netflix series at the moment with a voiceover. But hey, you don't know. I'm, no, just, no. As, I'm just as vulnerable now as when I first started. I oh, know. I think when I first started acting, I was gung-ho. I never had fear. I just went for everything I could possibly do, asked what I needed to do complacency sets in after a few years and, you know, then you get back on the horse again. But even now I think, well, you know, I can't think of what if I just got to keep doing what, what I am and what I want to be Mm. with coaching and acting. And so you've just got to keep your integrity around all your administration, the business side of your acting and your training and go to like, you, you know, you create the law of attraction, right? Absolutely. And the law of attraction is very powerful. I met this girl in, um, LA uh, I was doing a bit of part-time Uber driving it's the best thing I ever did I booked three jobs out of it I've made the best friends I've just incredible people right so I used it for a bit of a networking thing right and this girl from China we became friends and and she said why don't you when I go back to China we set up a zoom coaching course for the Chinese students learning English now I'll tell you that's that scared me because I thought oh boy how am I going to do this and the first session we had, it didn't work because I wasn't in the space of what it's like to be someone learning a new language and I'm teaching acting and he didn't want to learn acting. So we're having another go and I've been delaying it. She said, oh, let's start in August. I went, okay, we'll do it by Zoom. She said, I found creative people. And okay, and I'm, I'm sort of like, oh, what am I going to do, right? It's not like I'm just going, hey guys, here." now it's, it's a different culture. I'm not sure what they like. So I'm building all this, pro- I'm programming a story in my head. And I'm programming, like, there it what, is. Are, you, what <laughs> are you doing, mate? Then all of a sudden, not three days ago, this guy from Australia messaged me on Facebook. He wanted me, me to be an executive producer on his film. And I said, oh, I don't really do that. But I said, hey, I don't know. I won't say no. But anyway, he, he shared his film's called Little Milo and it's doing really well. Um, he's, he's, he's in Sydney at the moment, but guess what? He's lived in Shanghai for 15 years and teaches acting to Chinese students. I've connected him up with the girl yesterday. I said, I found someone who's better than me, you know, and now we're going to work as a team. See? And that's the big thing. I I thought I could do everything by myself. And then I realized you can't do this, Andy. You have no experience dealing with people from, you know, a non-speaking English country. You don't know the culture. And then all of a sudden this guy pops into my world just like that. And he's already spoken to her last night. They're talking already. So we're going to wow. organise something. And he's, he's an American. He's from LA, but he's lived in Shanghai for 15, making films, teaching actors. So if you just put out what you want, it'll come
0: sooner I, or later. I, I, do you know what, Andy, especially through this year, I, I, look at, I look at COVID like a bit of a blessing. I really do. Because as, as I think mm. I said to you before we started today, you know, I, I've been able to sort of reshape my life and 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 get an opportunity to start again and and it's not very often that that can happen for anybody but i think that the universe kind of presented everyone with this incredible opportunity to sort of re-evaluate what's important to them, re-evaluate their values and, yep. and what they want out of life and and how they want to live it. And the big thing for yep. me has been mindset and, and getting up every day and, and projecting what I want, you know, and seeing that I can have what I want and really going for what I want and, and, yep. and being really unapologetically excited by that. And mm. I think that that's so powerful. The law of attraction is so, so, so powerful. Mm. And, and the people that I know that embrace it, you know, I don't, it's really hard to turn back because you realize what, what yeah. energy you create with your mind, you know? Yeah. And
1: look, it's, I, I get to, I understand a lot of people, um, you know, go, Oh, yeah, but you know, law of attraction. And I don't have an explanation for it. You know, I have an, uh, my other faith that I'm with, I ride with, <laughs> you know, big, Bikers for Christ, big Christian group. And look, um, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'll say it right here. And now I get a little scared to share that, Um, but I'm not scared to share that. I was an asshole most of my life, but I'm scared to share that I ride with a Christian motorcycle club. Why? Because my programming is fear. But hang on, hang on. You do those movies where you're shoving guns in people's mouth and swearing. I didn't say I was perfect. I said, I, what I'm saying is I ride with this group and uh, they're all a bunch of Christian boys, but they're, they're pretty hardcore boys. So I'm still hanging with the guys I want to hang with, but they have a different outlook on life. They have a different belief and their help, we all help support each other and they support other people in the community. Mm-hmm. If that's, what's going to keep me on the straight and narrow, then I'll do it. But I, also- don't, I, I don't need
0: yeah, no, but I was going to say, but also that that's who you are and the characters you play, um, they, they 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 should never have defined you. They, they're not who you are, Andy. You know what I mean? They, no, no, know, that's and, right. And, and, I and think they love
1: it. That's yeah. the funny thing. They all love it. Like <laughs> one of the ministers, like he, the dude he started by, he goes, oh, no, we all love Sons of Anarchy." I said, yeah, sometimes a bit rough with the language. He goes, oh, yeah. So that's all right. mate. he said, sometimes you do. He said, there's all things you're not going to do, but yeah i'm probably thinking you know like uh, maybe uh maybe maybe god's up in heaven looking down going shouldn't have done that one <laughs> that's going to go on the book
0: I I I truly believe, and no matter in whatever way that you see God, even if it's you see God yeah. as the universe, if you see it as, as obviously from Christian perspective or any perspective at all, I really believe that all God or the idea of God wants for all of us is to be happy and to be who we are. That's actually what I'm really. Tr- I I mean I, yeah, so- I I I'm very into Kundalini yoga at the moment, which was a new thing mm. for me. So and I, I mean I think I I sort of say the same thing. I get a bit vulnerable when I tell people no, I, I get up in the morning and I chant and I do body actions and create energies and force fields and people are like, Oh, okay. That, you know. yeah, and me like, too. But, but, you know, but for me, I, I, since I found it, I actually, it's, it's given me such a, um, a deep understanding as to who I am. It's really mm. allowed me to, to delve into my, my own faith and my own abilities and my yeah. mind and, um, and so I'm very grateful for it. And, and like I yeah, said, and you're I-
1: finding your own little peace, you know, a little bit of yeah. peace. I mean, look, I I chant every morning, but my chant is getting out of a couch <laughs> or getting out of bed. Going, oh my god, I used to be able to fly out of bed. What's wrong <laughs> with my knees? Is it the wrestling, or was it something I did when I was younger? It sounds like a chant. It's like oh mm, yeah, oh um. Uh-huh. That's just me getting up. In the <laughs> I, I
0: I love it. I love it. I look, to be honest, I'm an ex dancer. So occasionally I'll make a few of those noises myself when I've done a big workout. I'm like, Ooh, ah, um, no, but I, I, I also wanted to ask you cause, um, I know that you, um, you're very close with your, your son, Cody, and I know you were a big part of his life and his career. What sort of, um, I guess when you were going through the process and you knew that he was interested in acting, what went through your mind when you were, when, when that happened and then how you Um, supported him through his career and his ventures.
1: Yeah. He was never interested in acting. Um, Mm -hmm. Neither him nor Shanoa. I just said to them one day, I went, Hey, this couple of short films gone, do you guys want to have a go? You know? Mm -hmm. And Shanoa went, so yeah. Okay. Cause she was already like, when she was two, she was already doing all the, the ballet thing as a two year old and all those things that mum and dads take their kids to, you know, hoping they're going to be a star and all that. We, we just took it cause she was just that kid at home. So we thought we'll let her have an outlet. And then at the age of, uh, I'll talk about Chanel first at the age of four, we took her to, um, mostly kids in Adelaide cause I was living there at the time. And I said, look, she wants to do acting i'm pretty sure she'd be okay you do a little bit of modeling and acting classes and they said yeah but she's way too young they said she's got to be at least five and a half i went uh yeah and nah, i think you just better just can we leave her here with you for a few hours and then you tell me no they rang back and went yeah okay we'll take her i said yeah i know right they go she's incredible She's only four, four and a half. They said she, she went away on camps with teenagers from the club. We left her at the camp on the weekend and all the kids looked after. She didn't want us to, she's so individual. She didn't want us to stay there. She said, no, I'll be all right. And then she started booking commercials at the age of like five. And she did a little modeling gig where they bring all these kids out on the platform. You know, they do the little spin around their little Mm -hmm. dress. And she was like, she was under five. And then they do the little question and she was always looking for me. Like even now every day she sends me, I love you dad and all kisses. But she was looking for me in the audience to make sure I was there when she did her little speech. And they said, so what do you want to do when you grow up? You and it was so cute, this little kid. She goes, "I just want to be a princess and comfortable, and maybe a fire engine." <laughs> fire
0: engine. <laughs> a fire engine. engine.
1: So I think she meant a fireman, but she said fire engine. But she said, "I want to be a princess and comfortable." Let me tell you, that program hasn't left her.
0: That's fantastic. She is
1: still playing that, you know, that program out of being a little princess, and she wants to be. She's just lived it through acting and singing. So yeah when you got a, an idea of what you want to do, if it's really solid, it will be there. Mm. Um, and so she took into the acting a bit quicker because she was f- 14. I th- Oh no, wait a minute. Uh, eight, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. She was about 10, I think. And Cody was a few years younger. And so anyway, I got them to do these little short films and they really did well, like yeah. really well. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, approach my agent and see if they'll take them both on. I sent them the little reels and they said, Oh, we don't take kids on that young. And uh, anyway, they looked at the reels and went, okay, interesting. Okay. We'll give them a shot. And I said to Chanel, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go for neighbors, uh, blue healers. And oh no, that was it. That's all I said. Back in the day, you would take the photos in the headshots. I was wrong. It went the other way around. It went blue healers. She got a lead role, like smashing lead role through this whole series. Wow. Next thing, Neighbours, three years. But the two things we said we are going to do, got them.
0: And for any um, of you listening that aren't from Australia, they're like two leading Australian television shows. Like, I mean, Neighbours has now been going for oh my gosh, how many years has Neighbours oh, been going for? Like
1: forty years, maybe forty years. 40 years? Yeah, it's our
0: longest, you know, running something. running television show along with Home in a Way mm. and obviously establishing many many actors. So that's incredible that she booked that at that age. And
1: yeah, well, we we had that plan. We just said this is. We went to the Neighbours casting. We dropped the photos in. I dropped him in at Blue Heelers at Channel 7. I said, these two is your first goals. And she booked them straight up. Like, it was incredible. I went, wow. And Cody just did, he went more into the um, the films. Uh, I went and did, oh, I did, here's a plug for TAFTA, right? TAFTA, it was me going to TAFTA that started Cody's career, in a way, right? Because mm-hmm. Tom McSweeney was there doing a course. And I always go, even though I've been in the business 10 years at that time, um, I would go and do casting director workshops yes. to, to meet them again and refresh them in my mind. It worked. I got a role out of it in Stephen King's Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm there, I thought, hang on. I, I contacted Tom and I sent him and I said, Hey, Tom, you, you got any roles for kids in this eight-part series of this, you know, Stephen King series? He goes, Yeah, actually, we've got a couple of roles for some, you know, eight, nine-year-olds. olds I went, All right. So I sent him a photo of Cody. And he said, "Yeah, bring him in, mate." Because Cody at that time had long, curly hair, and mm. so we prepared the audition and, and went in. And uh, Tom came out. I sat in the waiting room. Um, me and Cody prepared it ourselves. And uh, Tom came out, and he was just sort of shaking his head. And I went, Ugh, "Okay, right. Well, that's probably not going to work." And literally, he just came up to me and said, "Where the f and hell have you been hiding this kid?" He goes, "He wow. is incredible." And then he booked. He booked two series in nightmares and dreamscapes they wanted him for a third but they said we can't we can't put him in a third time because people will start recognizing him right and so then tom got uh, booked him on a new zealand series and then it led to rom after that it was our agent got him romulus my father which has got him the afi with eric banner and that's that's how the journey started in america as soon as we got here shanoa we all got our visas and then shanoa booked uh, HBO series hung like her first audition here. Same thing. Lisa Beach was the casting director. I took Shannara in and um, she came, she was doing the same thing. She came out shaking her head and I went, Oh, okay. Well, she goes, I don't want to see anybody else, but I have to. She said, she's incredible. And so we waited two days and then next thing she booked that. um, And that's pretty much how it all went. And then I started booking things, but yeah, travel the, travel the world with Cody on pretty much every single set till he was 16. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was good. We got a very close bond. She uh, too, but she's very independent, you know. Yeah. She even on Blue Heel has said, don't you come in and watch me. You stay <laughs> out here. Yeah, I, no, seriously, five years old. No, you're not staying. I'm good. I'm hanging with these kids for the weekend. Like She was so adamant um, about that. So I, Cody, different. We could hang together. I, not could,
0: I could definitely identify with her on that. I think when I got, I, I I don't even know if you know this, but my first role, Andy, was on *Richmond Hill*, and I was four. Oh wow! And yeah, I oh, know no, I was four. And the funny thing is, when I when I got it, um, I actually, <laughs> not that it would be politically correct to do this anymore, but I had to play. Um, a little boy or so they all thought I was oh, a wow. boy, so they chopped off all my hair because the idea was I was supposed to be a girl that looked like a boy and that was the whole episode they thought a little boy went lost and they had to find his parents oh, really but funny. then they find out that it's a little girl at the end of the episode and you know this is me and I mean I remember being the only problem I had was that I they wanted me to spill milk and stuff on, on, on set. And I kept thinking I was going to get into trouble of some sort. Huh. I remember mum had to come on and go, look, it's fine. You're not actually going to get into trouble for this. You're allowed yeah, to spill. Right. You're allowed not to not going spill. to my room. You know, you know, <laughs> but once that started, I think I was a bit like, I, you know, Shanoa, I just, I, I kind of didn't, I didn't need them well, to be there. I, I knew that this was something that I wanted to ask yeah. you. And do you want to hear like, something funny? I do. You-
1: do you want to know you know what Shanoa's first role on Blue Healers was?
0: Oh no, tell me.
1: <laughs> Gender dysphoria. It was a girl wanting to be a boy.
0: Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah, that was her role. Uh, but obviously she was older than you um, at the time, because she this was when she was 10. But yeah, it was a role playing, you know, they cut her hair, um, you know, to, to make her look like a boy. And the story was about her stealing horse tranquilizer from the um, veterinary surgeon. So she was taking that. So it was a, it was a really amazing script, mm. but even, you know, people that were on set with Chanel, cause we prepared fully, like there was no messing around. And, and I had, I had crew walking past me going, Hey Andy, cause I, I was fortunate enough to be on the show five or six times over the years. And he said, that's your daughter, right? I went, yeah. He goes, dude, I've been doing this a long time. He said, I've not seen a kid like that just so natural and focused. And even the actors were telling me, you know, she knew everyone else's lines. Like someone would, she was saying her lines and then the, the actor was playing the cop. I think It wasn't Lisa. It was someone else on the show. She'd sort of oh, I stumbled. She just whisper to go. Oh. And she'd go, Oh, thanks Noah.
0: <laughs> Whispered underneath yeah, her breath. Crazy. That's so insane. it's it. I
1: really think sometimes there is a, a, a thing of, I don't know, natural talent, I guess, but sometimes I think there's just something in you that you can't be stopped achieving it. Mm.
0: You just can't,
1: you know, it's, it's, destined to you or I don't know whatever there's just something in you
0: yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. And I also believe too, um, that for those that may not have had that natural ability, I believe that hard work is just as much of a, of a thing to propel oh. you forward. If you have yeah. a mindset and you put your heart and soul into it and you keep doing it and you keep showing up, um, even yep. if you don't have that natural ability, it will pay off. And you will in oh, fact, will. you know, because, yeah. because it, that kind of ethic, that work ethic. And I think that, uh, just you know um determination is so mm. so important um yep. to surviving not just i think in this business in this crazy oh, unpredictable life. business but life exactly right exactly yep. right yep.
1: well there is a i don't i can't quote it i won't even attempt to quote it but there's uh, a correct i won't attempt to quote it correctly but there's a saying out there that there's thousands and thousands of talented people out there but they're not all working it's talent's one thing, but determination and persistence and hard work is another. So mm-hmm. if you've got talent and you're persistent and you're dedicated, yeah. But if you feel you don't have a natural talent, okay. It might take you five years to be able to play 20 songs on a guitar, but eventually whatever you persist at, it will, it will reveal itself. It mm-hmm. just, it's head down, butt up, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work. It just, yes. It's funny you're talking to me now. I just got to, a little notification. It happened yesterday as well. Um, This young guy I'm coaching in Melbourne and we're not coaching acting. Um, I actually said to him, I'm not going to coach you acting until you change your habits. Because every time we coach, you fall out, you drop out and you repeatedly say the same programmed excuse. Like, oh yeah, I've got it. So I just told him the other day, I said, no, you actually don't got it. (laughs) <laughs> I see, because you keep doing the same. I know, I know when I can go that far with someone, I wouldn't do that with everyone, but um, all I've got him doing is walking half an hour in the morning. Then he goes to work all day. Then he comes home and does his body weight exercises. I send him a free app that you can do that because mm-hmm. he can't go to the gym now, but his days are full. He's very tired. Um, I won't mention his name, but he's actually in one of the TAFTA courses with, you know, TAFTA in Melbourne. And I said, You're not quitting. I said, You're going to keep going. Because I told—I was the one actually hooked him up to go to TAFTA. I said, You need to get into an acting class, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the same thing comes, Oh, time, haven't got. I said, Yes, you have. You've got all the time. Uh, in the world.
0: Time, time, time is time one of those, those excuses. That time, I, yeah, my, my three things I hear constantly is so, even the students that don't sign up to to for our courses online right now, which is crazy. And I hear, you know, um, time, money, and, you know, and obviously, like, all my personal favourite, I just don't know if I need that right now. And then I always say to people, yes. well, how do you know what you need if you've never done this before? Like, you've never yeah, done this right. course before. You make an assumption that yeah. you don't need it, which is really just resistance at the end of the day, isn't it? It's resistance it is, to maybe know? just changing or learning something. So. And,
1: look, and sometimes people, you go, okay, well, that's cool. You know, maybe come back later. But... Um, well, what I got this guy doing to be accountable, I said, you need to send me a photo of you walking on the footpath every morning. So I just got a photo now of the footpath. Of the- <laughs> He's walking. And then at night time he sends me one of him starting his training. And I said, Look, I'm gonna be honest with you because I can I know you well enough. I said, You're lazy. You keep coming up with the same excuse. And I said, You're a loser. <laughs> right? People go, What? You can't say that to someone. Okay that's how you're portraying yourself the loser the guy's never gonna win the guy always gives up I said that's not who you are I said be a champion man I said do you think anybody likes getting out of bed early in the morning some people do not very many I said but that's what's the difference is making you a champion is to get out and go for that 30 minute walk and I swear to you after four or five weeks you'll be a different person your habits will change and then you'll be so motivated your fitness levels will come up so you can't not jump out of bed, you know? So no, no,
0: I, 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 we, well, we talk about the same thing. We say, we say victims or creators and there's this choice, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the victim thing where it's like, it's never going to happen for me. It's ne- you know, I can't do anything. Yeah. And then I always say to people, you know, are you doing everything that you possibly can, like everything. And mm-hmm. when I, they say everything, well, I mean, you know, classes, it's more being, having this career is more than just taking a class. This is about like working on your mental health, working on your self-esteem, yeah. working on your fitness, working on, your um your artistic understanding business doing courses whatever you can to be the best That you no one else is going to do it. And I'm like, no. as soon as you start making those excuses, which <laughs> I love that you bring that up, you know, you do, you, you create a programming that you, you are going to keep losing and, or yeah. you are going to keep being the victim and you're not going to yeah. really start to achieve what you want. And that just gives you permission to fail. I always talk about too, the permission to fail. You give yourself permission to fail you know, yeah, as opposed to look, actually going, I'm going to push through. Yeah. Even yeah. if you
1: don't want to do it, you know, like, and that's part of this, um, which is like, it's we're not making any money out of this uh, YouTube uh, sessions. We're doing these 10 pass sessions, but everybody we've got on there is from uh, all different walks of life. So you've got Sam Greco who is K1 world champion, Kit Dale two times world Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion and Jerry Trimble, who was the uh, twice uh international kickboxing champion, but they're all doing different things in their life now. But it was those things where they got up and, and, and pursued and kept going. Um, you know, Matt Runnels, Troy Coward, CEOs of nonprofits for mental health and suicide prevention and awareness. Um, those guys have dealt with it. They've had it happen in their life. I, You know, there could be nothing worse than losing a loved one through that, you know, and Um, I've got these guys on to share, you know, how dangerous mental health is and and Mm. not seeking help and not friends taking notice and asking, are you okay? Or all this sort of thing, you know? Um, And that's why we've got this variety of people to exactly explain how they have got up and managed to keep going. Now, do they um, never have those problems again of being, Oh, I don't want to do it. Of course they do. You have it every day. Every day you have that. It, it, some people think when you get to that point, it's all, all going to be perfect. Like, oh no, I can do whatever. No, you're not. That's yeah. part of being a champion. You it actually is. got to fight that every day to get up and do it. Muhammad Ali's quote from a, a friend of mine who trained with him um, back in the day, of course, he he's, he was in the gym doing his sit-ups. When he first met him, he said, how many sit-ups do you do? He said, I don't know yet. He said, I wait until I, you know that pain when you're exercising where you actually to failure? He mm-hmm. goes, when I hit that, that's when I start counting and I went, Oh, that's not me. That's not me. I give up before that pain comes, you know, but that's, that's the champion. That's the person who uh, there's another guy in Melbourne, uh, Digger tactical. He does a lot of training uh, for people on weapons on set and all that. He was an SAS soldier. He was telling me what they went through. Now I couldn't do it. I, I just would literally punch a sergeant in the head to get locked up and kicked out of the army. I could not do well, joking. If anyone thought I was serious, um, I couldn't do what he did. Yeah. He said when we, we were covert operators in war zones, our training was 20 mile runs with a full backpack and a full stomach of Coke and chips and chicken. Like oh whatever. I'm, I'm, don't quote me if anyone's out there going, that's not what we, I'm just saying what he told me. They'll fill you up. You have a big meal and then you run and then you spew and then you faint and then you collapse. And then you've got blood coming out your nose because you're coughing up stuff. Your partner's standing beside you. When you're finished, he goes, you're finished. Right. Let's go. And I went, what? You get up and keep going. He goes, yeah. And he said, after a while, when this your body adapts he said you still do that but you get up in this whole new world's in front of the second window and I don't even want to attempt to even try to get to that level I just couldn't do it that wouldn't be me I'd have wow i
0: uh, i yeah I mean I I I don't like that's that's definitely I mean I guess it's that thing though when you you could, t- you could turn it and use that into a really good sort of moral lesson, I guess, for, you know, in terms of the fact that when you feel like you're at that point, you're breaking yeah, point, keep going. that's the time you pick yourself up and you keep going. Yeah. Because when you do that, when you actually break yeah. through whatever that wall is, as he described mm. it, you look through new eyes, but you do, mm. I think you can really appreciate your own strength and your own yeah. sense of will. It's a,
1: the hardest thing for most people, I would suggest, is getting out of bed if you don't have to. Like if you've got a, a, a lifestyle that you don't have to, for whatever reason, shift work or part time work. And there's nothing wrong with sleeping in. Uh, we we love it. <laughs> but you can become a professional sleeper. That's the danger. Like even if you're <sighs> sleeping in till ten or eleven every morning, you're a professional sleeper because if you can get out of bed at least when you don't have to, at least eight thirty. And you've got things to do, like there's so much you can create online. And I'll be honest, I'll straight up tell you, I've just started a, um, working with a lady in Perth. She's an actress, voiceover artist, and it's multi-level marketing. Now people go, oh, no, you're not doing it. But I am, because why? I've got nothing to lose. America's in a poo hole at the moment with Trump and all that. We don't COVID. No one knows what's going on. No one know. knows what's going on in Australia. I thought... I've got nothing to lose. And it's actually uh, Roden and Fields. It's a, a huge. Uh, yes. You, I've already uh, Yeah, you.
0: we spoke so, about, which is actually, I, I've like I said, I've, I've had some people in Australia that put me onto the skin product. It was a really good product. I do yeah. have to admit But that, all I 100%. do is
1: they create a Facebook account for you and then you can start sharing the product with Pete. You know what? This is where you become the champion. If you're going to worry about what people think, then, okay, quit and give up. Mm -hmm. It's getting past that point. Okay. Not everyone's going to like, it, and people aren't going to be interested. So then I thought I'm going to go a bit further. So I've started doing um, uh, learning about traffic secrets and learning about affiliate marketing. Um, Now I would never have thought of that, but everyone's doing it. I know there's acting schools in Australia that are using affiliate marketing now because they're getting people to um, send like, so a friend of mine who runs a business This guy said, well, you send that out to your clients. If they join my class, you get a percentage of that. So everyone's on to it because COVID's changed everything. You can do it. For instance, if you had your actors sending out like links or advertising on Facebook, hey, this course is great. They hit that link, the traffic funnels to another link and bang, they get five bucks or 10 bucks or 50 bucks every time someone joins. So there's nothing evil about affiliate marketing or multi marketing. It's the way people we're discovering things. So if I can sit here in my apartment and not, not working, then I'll make that eight hours valuable. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen out of it. At least I'm keeping my, um, keeping my mind busy and I'm looking forward to, I think, Oh, this would be cool. Like if, if 50 bucks went in my bank account for something, Oh my God, that's great. That worked.
0: Well, you know, know, I think, I think as long as you're regardless of anything, and I'm always, I think, you know, looking at your life and your business as an artist or an actor and, and, and feeling like you're an entrepreneur in no matter what you do, yeah. I think is a really important part of actually surviving. I'm, I know that like, I have obviously got now this podcast, I have my production company. I do what I do for focus on ability and I work. Um, mm. and, and obviously I run the school, I run the American arts film and television Academy, but everyone goes oh my gosh you have so many jobs i said no but that's just the life of an entrepreneur that's what you do you know you're 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 an actor today then i'm this tomorrow and then because i think that that's just where the world's going and this old Mm. idea that you can only kind of do i mean not that you can't you should do one thing at a time and make sure you do it well but the idea that you can't be more than one thing on a career platform you know like i'm just an actor or i'm just a writer. Yeah. I just think that's gone. I just think now it's like, it's the world of hybrids and entrepreneurs and, you know, and, and the more, you know, mm-hmm. um, the more you can sort of, you know, really let go. And there's and a be, lot of
1: rubbish out there too. Like you absolutely. get unindated with a lot of crap. You've got to really be sensible and not, not buy everything that comes your way Mm-hmm. When you see it on the internet, Oh, this will, you got to really do some research, research. there's people out there throwing stuff out that'll just make them a quick buck. So it took absolutely. me a while to get into some good programs, but is there fear behind it? H- heck yeah, absolutely. There's fear behind it. You know, like, you know, uh, fear is the thing that either drives us or stops us, you know? Um, and you so I like to step into that and do things that scare the crap out of me. Like just simply ringing my sister or my brother and cousin and say, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to? I'll send you some information on this makeup for your wife. And they go what? And I send it, and they go, Andy, please, I'm not interested. Okay, that's going to happen, or it's going to happen with strangers. But that's that's life. My friend, who were interviewing him tomorrow, this uh, ex-tank commander uh, who hit a, a, a landmine, um, he, he started a podcast, and he said, "This is ridiculous." He goes, "I've started this podcast." And I'm sitting here going, am I going to be judged? Like people know what I do. I'm a leader in this other area of a personal growth company. I do this. And but what if people don't like it? And then he was listening to his favorite podcast and the guy on the podcast said, you're not going to ever achieve anything until you attack and face that enemy that you can't see. And he went, Oh my God. He goes, It hit me like that he goes i'm afraid of someone i can't see someone i don't know who's going to give me a thumbs down or not like it yet i i fought in that war in israel for uh how long did he say many many years right he said never afraid of my enemy i was there to defeat my enemy whoever that was But he said, now I'm afraid of someone I can't even see on the internet. He said, how ridiculous. And that I'm I'm the same. We're all the same. You have this little bit of fear that someone's going to judge you. What? Well, that's going to happen regardless.
0: Yes. I, I honestly, Andy, I do. And this is one of the reasons that we are here today and I am doing this right now because I, I, I'm sick of letting the person that I cannot see this voice or this inner critic, tell me all these things about myself that are, that are not true. And, and I'm, uh, I'm facing my fear. I have it on my affirmations wall that I say it every day that I'm letting go of old negative beliefs that have stood in the way of my success. And one of them is that, you know, that having a voice is a problem. So I love that. Well, They're not
1: real anyway, mate. They're just real in your own head. Cause if you sit here and if you could sit here and stop thinking for a minute, there's actually nothing going on right now. Like I'm just sitting here looking at a cupboard door open. My my apartment's clean. That's it. There is no there is no bill facing me. I've got to pay. There is no audition that's or no someone's not giving me a sum. I'm just sitting here. That's what I'm doing right now. Unless I start sitting here creating issues and problems about what I've got to do later on or tomorrow and uh, next week. Oh, will, will I get to my voiceover? Will they shut it down again? They're just not even happening. Not even happening. Mm. You know. So, it. It, but it's not easy to get out of that mindset. You've got to fill. If you want a healthy body, you've got to fill it with healthy food. If you want a healthy mind, you've got to fill it with healthy input. Whether it's really healthy podcasts, healthy reading, healthy audio books, um, a healthy fitness level. You know, just just keeping everything functioning at a top level because when you do that, it's easier to cope with things, you know?
0: Absolutely. And and then you can really change that programming that we've been talking about, those programming or yeah. those ideas or those beliefs about yourself and your life. Um, yeah. that, you know, end up just inhibiting you from being the person you were meant to be.
1: So... Yeah, we'll um, either keep watching that crappy TV show or just get up and change the program. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry. That was my age showing, wasn't it? You don't get up and do anything anymore. You just sit there and press the button, click, channel change.
0: <laughs> well... Andy, I want to thank you so, so much. Is there, uh, you know, I know you mentioned some of the uh, YouTubes, but is there anything you want to point out to the listeners where they can, you know, find you or see some of the work that you're with, some of the people that you're working with at the moment? Yeah,
1: look, if if people just go to Movie Maker Doug 55, that's that young client's YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. and you can get to see a lot of the other things he's done on there. Like if, if no one's, if someone's not afraid of what people think, this guy is it. Like, he's gone from 320 pounds to 210. He's in the gym training. He's writing more books. Like, and you can tell when you first meet him. You go, okay, I think he's on on the spectrum. You know, he don't care. No, nah. he does not care. He's out there interviewing NASCAR drivers. He he's interviewing producers from films. He's interviewing veterans from World War Two. Like, he is just. He's actually making me feel like a nitwit (laughs) because I'm coaching him and I'm starting to ask him and say, Hey, Doug, by the way, (laughs) I have a little problem with my YouTube channel. Can you help me build that up? I'm the one who told him to build his social media, right? And now I'm asking him how to do it.
0: Well, that that's well, usually that that, that, that's usually what happens, you know. The teacher, the teacher becomes the student, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know,
1: right? It's happening. It I'm is.
0: It is. Well, thank yeah. you so so much for being here today and for sharing such incredible stories and and um and as always, it's uh you know it, it's it's you've offered so much wisdom and and just honesty and truth, and I can't thank you enough for that. So that's and uh, yeah, yeah,
1: thanks, mate. I hope I hope you know people. Get a little trigger out of something that we both said that can, you know, shift uh, some habit or pattern in their world. You know, it, it, who cares what it is just to be a better mum, dad, parent, boyfriend, girlfriend, student at school, actor, whatever it is doesn't matter. Anything,
0: you know? anything.
1: Mm. Well,
0: thanks again, Andy. And this is uh, Jessica Orchick signing out. And thanks for letting us be heard.